0: This is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. So, the title of my message today is Tools Not Toys. Tools Not Toys. All right? So would you turn with me today to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We'll have the words up on the screen, but if you would get your Bible or your word ready. And uh, we'll read these words together. And uh, today I'll be using the New King James version. If you don't have that version, it's up on the screen. Uh, but would you turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to read verses 3 through 5. And what I want to do is uh, we want to read these few verses together. Out loud, and not just out loud, but loudly, with some energy. Can we do that today? Come on, are you ready to do it today? All right, let's read these words together. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. Ready, go. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So we've got some tools and we've got some weapons that we're going to talk about. Now, today, as I, I, as I mentioned earlier, I've got some toys here. Now, I, I've got this laptop, and it says right on here, it says uh, laptop, right? Okay, and, and maybe you can see it here. I've, I've got a really nice screen here, good resolution. I've got some really, uh, you know, helpful tools. I even have a little blue mouse over here. That you can move around, okay? So this is a laptop, all right? But guess what? This is just a toy, right? I, I can't get on there for work, and I can't type anything. I can't uh, browse the internet or go to Google or do anything else like that. It's good for uh, learning some numbers and shapes and animals. But that's about it, okay? This is a toy, okay? Now, next up here, I've got a, I've got a camera, and and it's small but let me tell you when my daughter uses this it's powerful cuz she'll come up and she'll go dad make a pose so you got to you got to pose you know you got to step back and you got to put your and she'll go click okay i got it i got it so right this is a camera but guess what it it doesn't it doesn't really take any pictures right and so if i want to take a picture of a scenery or somebody If I pull this out, people, what are they going to do? They'll they'll laugh at me, right? (laughs) You can't do anything with that. Yes, I can. Look at, oh, man, look at those pictures of, I think it's, oh, it's Ariel, you know, from Disney. That's about all it can do, all right? That's a toy. Now, I've got a really, really fancy phone here. Anybody have a purple and translucent blue cell phone with Anna and Elaine on there, okay? Now, if I flip this open, it's even got numbers. See that? So I, I, could type in, I could type in a number and I could call somebody, but what did I have to do? I'd have to go, brruh, hello? And this is what my daughter will do. She'll come up and my mother-in-law is here this, this week and here today. And she'll come up and she'll hand me the phone and she'll go, oh, Nana wants to talk to you, Dad. But what does she do? She stands there and expects me to talk to my mother-in-law. So she'll go, Grandpa's on the phone. Grandpa's on the phone, Dad. Here you go. You need to talk to him. So, but guess what? Again, it's it's a toy. It, it doesn't do anything, right? So th- these are toys right here. Now, I also have a, a few actual tools. Now, uh, here I have my uh, Lenovo ThinkPad, and uh, this is my my work computer. Now, what can I get? What can I do with this? I can do a lot with this. I can uh, I can get my work done, and uh, it's a tool that I can use. And I can do many different things with it. And this is actually my main device that I use for work. And uh, you know how some people maybe work with their hands or lots of different jobs? This is what I do. This is everything right here for work, right here. So that's a tool. I use that tool for work. Now, if I really want to uh, take some pictures, I'd get an actual camera that can turn on, and I could take pictures of all you today, right? That's a tool. It's not a toy. It's a tool that you can use to capture pictures. And then uh, I have an actual cell phone, right? I can call people. I can talk to them. I can text them. I can look things up on my phone. So I have, I've got toys here, and I've got tools, okay? So as we go through the scripture, we'll look at a few things and, and talk over a few things. What I would like to do is have these toys, keep them in mind, these toys represent carnal weapons, or physical weapons, okay? So we're talking, you know, maybe a knife or a gun or something like that, okay? Let's, let's have these toys here represent those carnal weapons, okay? And then uh, these tools that I have back here, laptop and, and the, the phone and the camera, they're going to represent spiritual weapons today, okay? So spiritual weapons that are tools, tools that we can use. Okay, so let's read this again, Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, I'm going to read it out, just follow along, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, a couple weeks ago, I was watching a movie, and uh, the movie is based on a book written by C.S. Lewis, and, and the book was titled The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and it's a series of books that he wrote. And we were watching the movie, and there's one part in the movie where the line uh, says that these are, these are tools, not toys. And what happens is you have these young kids, they're giving, they're, they've been given weapons to use, to go and fight battles, to do various things. And the, the line says these are tools, though. They're not toys anymore, even though you might be a child. You're going to use these in a different way than what they were intended for. They're not just meant to take and go play in the woods and have fun. These are going to be actual tools that you will use to fight with. And so those tools represent spiritual things. So in 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 5, there are three W words that I would like to just pull out here. So it says in verse 3, for though we walk, say walk, walk say it again, walk, right? In the Bible, our walk represents our life, our manner of living and how we move, how we function. It's not just talking about physical walking, although I guess it could, but it's really talking about our life and how we live before the Lord. It is a physical thing that we're doing. Our walk is physical, right? My, my life, it's, it's my body, and there's other people, and I can experience uh, the scenery outside, all that God has made, all the different inventions and things that are there. Those are all physical things, right? You can touch them, our senses, our taste or our smell or our sight, our hearing, or, or we can actually grab on and feel them. So our walk is a physical walk. We are in this earth. We're living, we're breathing, we're on this earth. But it is a physical walk. It goes on to say, we do not war, say war. We do not war according to the flesh, okay? So now Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church, and he's beginning to tell them some things about, hey, even though you're a physical being, you are warring against something that is not physical. There's something else going on here. There is a war that is, at, that, that is happening, but it's not according to the flesh, okay? It's not a physical thing that we're going out and having to fight a battle, but there's something else going on. In verse 4, it says, for the weapons of our warfare, say weapons, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal." What does carnal mean? Physical, right? Something that was made up or something that was done in this carnal world. It's tied to this world. Our warfare is not carnal, but it is mighty in God. It's mighty in God. It's not just some weapon that you take and, oh, it might do this or that. No, it's, it's got power that is behind it. And that mighty weapon, those mighty weapons that we use, From God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So again, our walk is physical, right? We're walking about life; it's physical, but our war is not. It's a spiritual war that we're doing. Now, obviously, we can look out and we know that there's wars are happening, and people try and control by force and by using weapons and different things. But our war, that is the walk, the war of the believer, is a different kind of war. We're not fighting a physical war. We are fighting a spiritual war. And so our walk is physical. We're here on the earth, but our war is spiritual. And our weapons, they cannot be physical items, right? So if I, if again, if I go back into work and I, pull these up, and they're not going to make that happen, right? And, and if I use these items, then I'm able to do my work, and I can get through those different things, and I can accomplish what I was asked to do. So our weapons that we're going to use, they cannot be physical items. They must be f- spiritual tools, okay? So we can't just take something in the physical and pull it over into the spiritual. It actually works the other way around, Right? That's why when we come and we praise and we sing, what are we actually doing? We're actually activating things in the spiritual realm, and they may not come right away. It might come over time, but what God will begin to do is he'll begin to bring those things into our spiritual walk, and we'll see those. Even a few weeks ago, Pastor David talked about Abraham, right? And it said he didn't look at his own body, He didn't look at his body, even though it looked like it was dead and nothing else was going to come from it. What did it do? He said he began to give glory to God. He began to praise God. And what happened is God brought about his promise to Abraham. And not just a promise of a son, but thousands and multitudes of children that came out of Abraham because he believed and he used a tool He used a tool. He began to praise the Lord and give him glory. Not looking at his physical walk but starting to pull in the spiritual things. See, if we're going to go after spiritual things, we are going to have to use a different kind of tool set. Something that's a little bit more sophisticated. Something that looks a little different than these physical tools. Right? Because The spirit requires something different than just a physical tool. It requires us to activate tools that God has given us. And we're going to get to those in just a moment. Now, for us and my, for Lauren and I, my wife, a number of years ago, we had been uh, renting a place and we really wanted to have our own home. We wanted to buy a house that we could call our own and we went through this period of time, it was about three years, where we saved money, saved money, saved money, and we looked at, no joke, at least 100 houses, at least 100 houses. Now, there was a period of time back in Minnesota when we were living there that the market was so crazy. Like, you could literally go look at a house, and they go, oh, it's already gone. What do you mean it's gone? It, it hasn't even gone on, the, no, it's already sold. It's already sold. It was so fast, and what we could afford we were like, we can't bring our kids into that house. We can't do it. And it wasn't that. We just, there wasn't money to rebuild the house or do this and that just to make it livable. And so we began to pray and look to the Lord and we had saved money. We even had enough money for what we thought would be a good down payment, but we were really limited in what we could buy. And so one of the days we were praying and the Lord told us, Take that money that you've already saved for a down payment and take it over here and pay off that debt. Now, that's what, that was the sense that we got from the Lord. As we were praying, as we were looking to the Lord and saying, Lord, how is this going to be? Because on our own, we weren't going to make it happen in the physical. There was no way it was going to happen. We were not going to make it work on our own. And so we were looking to the Lord and saying, what should we do? And he said, use that, pay off that debt. And we even asked some people, we asked our realtor, we asked the person we were working with to get a a loan to buy a house, and they said, no, it's not gonna make a difference. We said, are you sure, like, if we did this? And they said, no, it's not gonna make a, a difference. So we said, all right, Lord, what do you want us to do? Take this money and pay off that debt. And so we did. And we took that money, we paid off that debt, and as we did that, the Lord brought us into a different class in a different part. We were able to purchase a home that we walked into, we literally didn't have to do anything. It was, it was perfect for us. We had prayed for it. Many years we said, Lord, we need a house that has at least three bedrooms. I, ha- I even know my list. I still have it. have a handwritten list. Lord, these are the things we're praying. We need at least three bedrooms. Lord, we, we love two bathrooms, but we'll take one bathroom. <laughs> Lord, we need a house with a fenced yard. We need a place that we can walk to and we don't have to do a lot of work. And he gave it to us. But guess what? It didn't happen in our physical walk. We had to come before the Lord and say, Lord, how can we do this? And he began to show us and he began to walk us through. Now, I don't say that as any means of like, man, look how good I was. I, oh. Because what would have happened if I had stayed on my physical walk and looked at what I wanted to do? I would have taken the advice of somebody else. And who knows where that would have left me. We would have been in a much different place. And so the Lord brought us up, and guess what? Even years later, He set us up in order to even come here and allowed us to walk through a process that was like, Lord, so many years ago, one word you said, one phrase, take this and pay off that debt. That's all we heard. Take this and pay. It was nothing else, it wasn't this big, spectacular thing. But guess what? That was a spiritual tool we were accessing through our prayer to God and spending time with him and seeking his face and saying, Lord, what should we do? And he helped us walk through that. Now, uh, before moving on, I want to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-5 through and a couple different other translations. Do we have those? Perfect. So NIV says it this way. For though we live in the world, right, New King James says, In the flesh, this helps us to kind of bring it down. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, what does that mean? It's different. It's different. On the contrary... They have divine power, to de- divine power to demolish strongholds, it goes on to say. Now, in God's word translation, it says it this way. Of course we are human, but we don't fight like humans. Of course we're humans, but we don't fight that way, right? Again, remember here these toys representing our physical tools? Uh-uh. We got to get over and use the spiritual tools to help us fight because even though we're humans, we don't fight like that. We don't fight like that. The weapons we use in our fight are not made by humans. Rather, they are powerful weapons from God. And I love how it says it in the message. It says it this way The world is unprincipled, it's dog eat dog out there. (laughs) It brings it in, right? You can look all around, all around in life, whether you're in a job, you're trying to do a business venture, even in school, and sports, whatever. What are they trying to do? You're always trying to be better than somebody else, right? Even my own kids, I have twin boys. What are they always doing? Well, I can do that better than you can do. I can run faster than you can. I can run longer than you can do it, right? They, it's always back and forth. It's just innate in them. But I love how it says that. It's, it's a dog-eat-dog out there. Uh, the world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. I like that. Never have and never ha- and never will. We don't use those physical weapons. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing the entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools For smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. Right? So what do we do? Our tools ain't like those tools. Our tools have to look a little different because we have to access the spiritual realm. And it's nothing weird, let me tell you, it's not mystical, it's nothing like that. But God has given us tools. And I have a question for you Why do we need tools? Today, in our world, in our life, if we say we don't walk according to the flesh, we walk according to the Spirit why would we need tools? Why do we need tools? The answer is found in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, we don't want to give him some extra praise. We don't want to give him to make him look like he's powerful or any, that's not what we're doing. But we also have to be aware. We have to be alert. It says be sober. What does that mean? Don't just go like, oh, everything's always good and nothing's ever going to, no, that's not true. In fact, Jesus jesus talked about following after him includes a life of suffering. It's not going to always be easy. There's going to be times when we have to walk through things and so for us, we have to have tools because we have an adversary. The devil and his minions, his, his dominion, his power, they are out to destroy you. They are out to use whatever means possible that they can use to distract you. Instead of being focused on what God says, they want to come and plant seeds of, well, I don't know if it's going to happen. I just don't know. He said at that time, but I just don't know. I just don't know. But guess what God's word said? God is not a man that he should lie. He's not a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Has he spoken and will he not make it good? And so what happens is the enemy, he's on the lookout. He's on the prowl. He's trying to take us down. He's trying to take us out. And many times it's in simple things. It may not be This big, well, I'm going to wipe you off the face of the earth. It might be a simple thing. It might be that the Lord said, I want you to spend more time in my word every day with me before you do anything else. And you go, oh, but I can't even open my eyes in the morning. Now, I know nobody else is like that, but I'm not a morning person, let me tell you, okay? I'm not speaking to anybody else because I know everybody just wakes up. Everybody is right away alert and ready to go you know what, I, it, it takes work for me. It does. I'm, I'm okay admitting that. I have a problem. My name is Mark. I have a problem. I'm not a morning person. <laughs> and, and it takes a little bit for me to get up and to get going. So it takes a little bit of work. And guess what, though? But the Lord says, hey, I need you to spend more time with me. And I look at my day and I go, well, in my work day, I've got seven, eight hours worth of meetings today. I don't have time to get even my work done, let alone be in a meeting, let alone anything else. How is that going to work? And I find out very quickly the Lord is prompting me, hey, you need to get up a little earlier. Come spend time with me. Because as we spend time with the Lord, he'll begin to do things for you. He'll begin to fight battles for you. He'll begin to unlock things that you couldn't do on your own. Even unlocking things that you didn't even know were there. You might have been having an issue or with a coworker. You might have been uh, up against a brick wall, so to speak, and you go, how can I get past this? I don't know how I'm going to get it done. Pray. Spend more time with the Lord because the enemy wants to use whatever he can to get you off base. And quickly, just a few things I'm going to run through and and then we'll come to close here. In uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, it says this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Say the whole armor. Did he say put on a piece? He said put on the whole armor. Anything you can get your hand on, put that on. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That's interesting. I thought we already read that. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts and wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, you stand. Now, guess what? So we have an adversary, right? We know he's out for us. He wants to take us out. He wants to take us down. He wants to get us off focus of whatever he can do because he doesn't want us hearing what God wants to give us. Because if he can get us just off a little bit, we'll be missing whatever God wants us to walk in. So what tools do we have? Well, there's a number of tools that are mentioned right here in Ephesians 6. First off, truth. Truth. I love how he calls truth like a belt. Anybody wear a belt? I'm wearing a belt. What happens? You put on that belt, it helps to keep you together. (laughs) Right? I'm just saying, you know, you might be working and keep that shirt and those pants together, right? Because you don't want to be a plumber like everybody else, right? You keep yourself together, but God's truth, right? His promises, what he's spoken, they're true. Every word of God is true. And it's truth that we can lean upon. So truth, it's like a belt. Put that on, that belt, the truth. Righteousness, it's like a breastplate of armor, like a Kevlar suit that they use today. Police officers or military, they'll put on those suits that have that metal in there that help to deflect or help to uh, point away uh, maybe some kind of weapon or device that would try and harm them. See, our righteousness, it protects our innermost being. Why? Because on the inside, in the book of Jeremiah, it says that it's only ever evil coming out of our innermost person. And when the Lord begins to do a work in us, what do we do? We pull on his righteousness. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that he is our righteousness, right? We weren't good enough in ourselves. He died in our place and he took upon our sin and our wickedness and our junk he took upon him and so we have his righteousness put on that breastplate it helps to protect your body it helps to protect you from anything the enemy tries to get in there what does the enemy try and do? tries to get in there with something and take you out Boom! doesn't matter off of me it hits off and deflects Why? because God's righteousness is like a suit that we put on to protect us also, peace. Peace. A number of years ago, I was teaching a uh, kid's class. David, do you remember that, buddy? My son was in it. And we, we tried to have fun. We tried to take the armor of God. But I, I like this. It says, the boots of peace protect my feet and help me to run fast. The boots of peace protect my feet and they help me to run fast. See, Paul was describing some some physical tools like a, uh, an officer would have had, to relate them to spiritual tools that we have. So put on that piece, right? As you run about, put on that piece on your feet. And don't be worried. It allows you to run fast. It allows you to run without stepping on something, right? Ooh, that hurts. Oh, that hurts. No, put on those boots of peace. They protect you and they allow you to run and run fast. Faith. It's a shield that we can use to protect ourselves when the enemy tries to throw shade at us. That shield, take it up. Take it up. Some of you today, you might be struggling in something. Something, enemy might be trying to take you down. He might be trying to throw things at you. Hey, you remember all those years ago, that thing you used to do? Hey, remember what you did that one time? What does he like to do? Those fiery darts trying to hit you, trying to take you out. Take on that shield of faith. Protect yourself. Right? Standing in faith, believing the Lord. Lord, what you said is true, and I believe it. What you've given me, I take it as truth, and I stand in it. Salvation, it's a tool that we can use to protect our head and guard against the thoughts of our mind. Right? Put on that helmet of salvation. Right? That... Helmet is such an important part, right? It controls our body, tells our body what to do. What happens if your head gets hurt, your neck gets hurt? Put on that salvation. Thank you, God, for what you did for me. I didn't do it in myself. I wasn't good enough. I fell short, but guess what? God saved me. He made a way for me. Put that on as a a helmet. God's word, it's our sword that we can use. Not to cut other people down. Not to take them out. Well, God's word says this, and God's word says that. No, that's not what you're supposed to use that weapon for. You're supposed to take that weapon and go, enemy, minions, demons, whatever you are, whatever situation is out there, whatever you're trying to control, I come at you in the name of the Lord, and I use his word. I use his power, not my own. It says here in Ephesians chapter 6 also that we can pray. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. Dedicated time with the, prayer, with, with the Lord, being in prayer, going after and saying, Lord, what do you have for me? What do you want to do? Also our praise as we talked about the last number of weeks, being thankful, getting our praise out. Our praise is such a powerful tool that we have. I've seen it over and over again, not only in my life but in other people. They were broken. They were hurt. They were devastated. They didn't know what to do. And, and they just began to praise the Lord. And the Lord did something. He'll fight your battles. He'll He'll begin to work. And, and sometimes we got to just step back and say, I'm not going to try and do it on my own anymore. Lord, I praise you. I thank you that you have the answer. I thank you that you will do the work. Also, it says right there in Ephesians chapter 6 that our supplication in the spirit. A tool that we have is our heavenly language, singing and praying in the Spirit. It's something that we can use because Paul also said in Corinthians that we don't always know what words we should be using. We don't know everything that's going on. So sometimes we have to take our words, we have to give them over to the Lord, and pray in our heavenly language. One thing that we can't forget either another tool that we have, each other. Each other. We can't do life alone. We just can't. I I can't do it on my own. You know why? Because there will be times where I'm discouraged. I need somebody to pick me up. There might be a time when you're hurting or in pain or suffering. You need somebody to give you a hug. You might be going through something with finances and you go, I just don't know what to do. And you might need some help. We have each other. The body of Christ, it was said earlier. The body of Christ, let's not overlook that or neglect that today.